you a fan of this podcast? Do you wish there was even more juicy content for you to sink your ears into? Well, there is. You can become a premium member of this podcast for $5.99 a month and get full access to an archive of over 50 bonus episodes. Additionally, we release a bonus episode every single month. That's a ton of extra content, including my personal interior design diaries, extra tips, my talking about trends, and so much more. Additionally, you'll be keeping us on the airwaves each and every week because your premium membership money goes directly back to making this podcast amazing. Check us out at affordableinteriordesign.com. Click on podcast to learn more and to become a premium member today. high-end designer or a lot of money to get a luxe look be your own interior designer this is affordable interior design the podcast here's your host betsy Hellman. hi everyone it is great to be here again with you this week i'm so excited because today i am joined by a very special guest i'm joined by libby rothschild as you guys know, it's so rare during a pandemic to be joined by someone. We're joined virtually, but it's so nice to connect in this time of isolation. And it's so nice to meet new, inspiring people. So I'm really excited for you to meet her. I met her through Goldman Sachs, 10,000 Small Businesses. It's a program that we're both in. We're both successful entrepreneurs looking to scale and grow. And Libby has a very powerful story and business model. So I'm really excited to introduce her to you today. Hi, Libby. Hi, Betsy. Thank you for having me. I'm just honored to be here. Well, it's our pleasure. So tell us a little bit about you, your expertise, and then I'll kind of connect the dots for everyone as to why it applies right here. Absolutely. My expertise is entrepreneurship and marketing. I am a clinically trained registered dietitian who decided to become a clinical dietitian dropout. So one day I decided that I wanted something more. I wanted to live a life that felt meaningful and aligned. And more than that, I wanted to get paid more than $55,000 a year, which is what my clinical salary was after I completed my master's degree at NYU. So I was paid, like my colleagues, very low for the work I was doing, although I'm highly educated. And so I wanted to find other opportunities to make money. And what I found out in looking into that opportunity of how to create more impact and more revenue is that not a lot of dietitians have their own business. So I decided to solve for the problem of misinformation where dietitians were struggling with how to tactically start a business and mindset us not believing in themselves. So I started my, my um, coaching company, which turned into a million dollar business in 16 months uh, called Dietitian Boss. I help registered dietitians start and grow their virtual private practice using social media. I have a trademarked methodology and I've since then expanded to private practitioners. So I've got a, another uh, opportunity to help private practitioners called Practice Boss. And then I also, as a thought leader, am working on putting myself out there and helping more entrepreneurs with sales and marketing and entrepreneurship. And that's exactly why I think Libby and I 
really had such a synergy is because she is such a go-getter. She found something that she loved, but she wasn't making the money she was hoping for. So she turned straw into gold. She basically said, how can I stay in my lane, use my education, but ramp it up? And the reason I think she's perfect to be a guest on this podcast, even though it seemingly has nothing to do with sofas, right, is that so many of you, I've talked to so many of you who are considering being in the academy where we teach people to be interior designers, people who say, you know, for years I've had this dream. I've always wanted to be an interior designer, but for me, it didn't feel practical. For me, I couldn't see the way to making money or I just never felt I would have the confidence. Everybody loves my home. I have a passion to learn more about interior design, but I'm afraid to make that leap. And Libby talks to people who are doing something else. Maybe they're undervalued or maybe they're just not living their best life. And she inspires them and empowers them to get the brass ring, to go for their dreams, to make the money they deserve. And that's why I'm so inspired by her, but I also think she'll have lots of gold tips to share with us. No pressure, Libby. No pressure. (laughs) (laughs) So I just want to launch in and, you know, that's kind of who's listening. A lot of people are listening. Maybe their dream isn't even to be an interior designer, but they do have something inside that's calling to them that's saying, hey, there's more available. If I only had the confidence, if I only had this, if I only had that, what advice do you give to people who are afraid to kind of step into something new? They've got that security, right? You probably had a lot of security with your $55,000 a year job. What do you tell them in terms of getting started? Absolutely. Great question. Uh, The overarching theme is that the first step is to get started. So the question is right on. And I think the biggest issue is that we don't get started. We delay getting started and we wish we made progress. So little baby steps are the way to go. We don't have to take this huge, massive action. We can start by first identifying our why. Why is it that we want more? What is it about our situation that isn't settling? So for many of my clients and and for many of your entrepreneurs out there, you want something more than working for someone else. You want to have freedom and flexibility. For those of you that have children, you want to spend more time with your kids. For those of you that have partners or maybe you're single, you want to travel the world and connect with people in some capacity, whether you've got a travel partner or you want to travel solo and meet people. For others of you, you, you want to be able to create and design your ideal day that isn't confined by someone else's schedule, right? Because if you don't create your own schedule, someone will for you. And so really being your own boss and thinking and reflecting on why that's important to you and what your goals are. And if it feels challenging and intimidating to think about your why or your higher purpose and what's really motivating you, you can start small. Like what does it mean to be your own boss and and what kind of life would, would you live if you were able to dictate your vacations and you were able to dictate the type of work you do, the person you want to work with. And for a lot of my clients and for you know a lot of entrepreneurs, that drives them is having that flexibility and that control and that freedom. So first is, is defining your why or your purpose and you can start small. Secondly would be taking very small action that could be listening to this podcast. Now, you know, like could be uh, reflecting, doing some positive affirmations, 
really thinking through how you can increase or grow your mindset. One of my favorite books is called Mindset by Carol Dweck, where she talks about the concept of fixed and growth mindset, identifying when you're communicating conversations or topics that sound fixed, such as I can't do this. I could never make more money. Um, I won't get a raise. And you want to identify when you're saying things that are fixed and then correct and shift them to something growth oriented. For example, uh, I have an opportunity to make more money or I learned one way. Perhaps you asked for a raise and didn't get a raise and then you learn an opportunity of what to try for next time, right? So you're really shifting your mindset to something positive. Um, And that's really important at every level, whether you're just starting out or whether you're scaling your company, you're always going to need to be focused on mindset and improving your mindset. Well, that's just what I was going to say. Sorry to interrupt Libby, but I'm sorry that that really resonated. And I've been in business for 15 years. Sometimes, you know, even if you create your own circumstances as an entrepreneur, if you lose track of that, why you can get lost in your own business. So I think really grow, you know, if you say, hey, I want to do my own thing so I can spend more time with my children, and then you are entrepreneuring so hard that you're working 14 hours a day, are you in a new type of trap? And I think that's easy to do when you don't have that structure of a boss telling you what to do. So that was my first point from what you said earlier, but I also think this growth mindset is so key. And like you said, can really help at any part of your journey. You can just check in and say, is that a belief that's actually true or am I missing opportunity that's all around me? First with this podcast and hearing other people's journeys, but then reflecting on your own life. Like I have to do the laundry this weekend. Well, that's not actually true. I could put it off. I could send it out. You know, we do have more options than we know, even in the smallest of tasks. So I love that reset, Libby. Yeah. Really, I, I love your examples. And and the last tip I would give, so the first one was defining your why. Uh, the second one was uh, shifting your mindset, identifying anything that is fixed and then shifting to growth. The book reference is called Mindset by uh, psychologist, uh, PhD, Carol Dweck. And then finally, I'm really big on community, finding communities and like-minded people to surround yourself with. Betsy and I have talked about that at length you know, your business circles, Betsy and I, for example, we're in a scholarship together, right? And Betsy and I have talked about what's the impetus for you joining this program? What does this mean to you? How does this help you grow? And Betsy and I are lifelong learners. And we like to find like-minded people to communicate with, to share experiences, to grow together. And I've already learned more about different types of business models from Betsy and in our conversations uh, being together in this program. So I think it's really important to take baby steps that could be following inspiring people on social media, listening to this podcast, again, reading books or finding people, mentors, uh, people who inspire and influence you to take that action towards building that flexible lifestyle that you desire where, where you can be in control. And I think that's so important because there's business thought leaders, you'll hear this expression a lot, that say you are the, um, you are the what? The average of the people you spend the most time with. Yes, you're the average of the five people you spend the most time with. And I will tell you, when I had a different career, I was a bartender before I was an interior designer and a waitress and I was an actress. And those people couldn't see interior design for me. Hanging out with them did not encourage me to become an interior designer. So when I started hanging out with people who could see that path for me, when I started working at a high-end firm and having other interns who were like, oh, Betsy, you're really good at that, or look what you can do, 
that helped me. So getting out of your circles who know you as what you are right now and maybe putting a foot in the door, like just going to a furniture store and talking with the person behind the counter, just kind of glimpsing another community, I think is so key. And the more you can spend time with those people, the more you can become what you're hoping to become. So it doesn't have to be someone directly in the interior design field or whatever field you're hoping to get into. But I find so much community with fellow entrepreneurs because, you know, I can hear their journey. They can inspire me as Libby has done to reach for more, to see that more is possible. So she's not even in my same field, but I can be inspired by her journey and her wisdom, which is part of the reason I brought her here today, right? But one challenge my listeners and the people who've reached out to me in the academy have is even after they get that education, say they've taken those online courses, say they've gone through the academy, they can be plagued by what's known as the imposter syndrome. So would you share a little bit about what you've seen with your clients and maybe if you've had any experiences with that? Because for me, imposter syndrome never goes away. And the higher you reach and the more you want to do, it's a buddy that's in your back pocket. And you have to say, wait, I can speak louder than you. I know I can do this, but I think there's even more powerful tools than just shoving him back in your pocket. That's what I do, Libby, but um, maybe you have something more to offer our, yeah. our listeners. I love this topic and I, I you're, it's a really important topic and it um, goes really well with mindset. So much like mindset is a concept at every level that we need to focus on and improve, and to, just to go full circle, I believe that's possible and easier when you put yourself in an environment and communities where you're setting yourself up, like Betsy said, other entrepreneurs. So putting yourself in situations to grow your mindset is also going to help you identify your imposter syndrome and then work through those barriers because that's what imposter syndrome is. Imposter syndrome is us telling ourselves stories that we're not experts enough yet. And so the, the first step is identifying uh, when we, we are uh, experiencing imposter syndrome and then finding small ways to break that down. So I'm going to give an example. One of my clients, uh, Fatima Fakori, she is a registered dietitian who helps those who have paralysis uh, lose weight and um, overcome gut issues. And she, I had her on my podcast today and she's been in business. She's celebrating her one year virtual anniversary uh, last month, right? So uh, in, in March of 2020 is when she started with me and when she started her virtual company. She wanted to make $2,000 a month. And within 60 days, she made over 9000 And she looks back and says, you know, wow, she didn't, she couldn't believe it was possible to make that type of money. And she also just recently left a job where she was working at a college and she loved that job. And she was really struggling to let it go because she liked the work, but that job didn't fit with her schedule. She's got two kids. Her husband has paralysis, right? So she, like her lifestyle didn't support her doing that job. And she was able to identify the mindset issue she has and tell herself that she's capable of making the decisions to eliminate aspects in her life that don't align with her goals, that don't bring her joy, that don't involve you know, her time and energy with the types of clients that she wants to work with. So this is a combination of mindset and imposter syndrome where she's been able to make decisions to better improve her life and help her live a more flexible life and achieve her revenue goals because she's able to break through her, her barriers. And, and it's really interesting today talking about 
how her goal was $2,000 and she surpassed that very fast. And so that's an example of imposter syndrome is when we don't believe it's possible to get started, to achieve a goal or to even set a goal. And then when we do, we're totally blown away. And then I think it's important also to be able to take that time like uh, Fatima and I did today on, on the podcast episode and just reflect and really bake in a process where you're taking time and energy to reflect on how far you've come. Whether that means that you are following any one of the three tips I mentioned, you're identifying your why, you're shifting your mindset from fixed to growth, or you're surrounding yourself by like-minded entrepreneur people and starting small accounts, right? That could be following a couple accounts, listening to Betsy's podcast regularly. Whatever the tactics that you're doing to fill those three categories regularly, the, the more that you sit down and reflect and um, just appreciate yourself for how far you've come, the more that you'll motivate yourself to continue that momentum and that will help you kind of decrease the imposter syndrome. Not that it ever goes away, but acknowledging it and really just holding space for it is going to help you just be human and, and really just relate better and have a lot of personal growth. Well, and the thing that was really intriguing to me about that story is that Fatima liked her job. She almost didn't want to quit but then she was asking herself, why isn't it working? I love the actual work. I love the people I'm serving, but it's not fitting my lifestyle. So I think that reflection on the one word, why, why am I dissatisfied? Why am I seeking more? And then when the imposter syndrome pops up, why is this happening? Is it because, you know, I don't know how to invoice someone? Oh, well, there's online classes for that. I could totally figure that out. Is it because, you know, I'm feeling like I don't know which paint finish to recommend? Oh, well, I could reach out to Betsy on Facebook or I could just call my representative at Benjamin Moore and ask. So I think the thing that's really key from what you said is not just reflecting, but then taking that action, however small, to empower yourself to get the heck over it. Because we could let little things stop us all day. We could let thoughts, ideas, doubts prevent us from taking any action, whether it's walking down the street to order sushi or whether it's making a career change. But if we can find why that doubt is creeping up and then figure out what to do about it, for me, that's really empowering. And I just think it's also really empowering. I heard Seth Godin say on a blog or on a podcast, I don't know, that he still has imposter syndrome sometimes. And I was like, oh my goodness, what? What? Come again? You've been doing what you do. You've written over a hundred books. You've been doing what you do for how many decades? It doesn't go away, especially when you reach higher for things that you thought you could never have as you surround yourself by those other successful people who push you onwards. So treat it as a companion to help you learn more about yourself and what you need to do to get there rather than a barrier to getting there. That's what I'm hearing from Libby today. Absolutely. And it's just so inspiring. Absolutely. And Sheryl Sandberg, also uh, one of the most you know, successful women in the world, she has admitted also, she wrote, she's the author of Lean In. Uh, she admitted that she also struggles with imposter syndrome. And I've, I've read that a lot of prolific figures, like your example from Seth Godin in marketing, do struggle with imposter syndrome. And I love when they're open about it um, because I think that it just makes us human. You know, imposter syndrome is, is part of the, it's part of growth as well. It's just working through it. It's just taking those steps to move forward. And I think the first step is to identify if and when you have any moments of imposter syndrome to normalize that experience 
and then to slowly work past and work through it to get to that next level so that you can get closer to you know, living a, your, your best life and, and really enjoying and feeling aligned with the work you do and, and really um, feeling free. And now it's time for a quick commercial break. Do you love this podcast? Do you wish you could learn even more? Well, we have an online class bundle. Our online class bundle is comprised of three online classes, Beautifying Your Home for Less, Styling Your Home, and The Fundamentals of Feng Shui. Each one of those three classes is between 30 and 45 minutes long and chock-filled with visuals and tips, things that will help you to style your own space or help out with other spaces. Additionally, with the pack of three classes, you get an autographed copy of my book, Affordable Interior Design. You get all of that for only $99. Once again, that's the three online classes as well as the book for only $99. You just go to affordableinteriordesign.com slash classes. Once again, affordableinteriordesign.com slash classes to buy your bundle today. And if one of those classes sounded intriguing, but maybe you already have my book or some of the other topics are not of interest, you can buy the classes individually at that site as well. Each class is $40. So head over to affordableinteriordesign.com slash classes to get your bundle or your online class today. Well, and the other thing that I hear a ton, you know, as I'm talking to people who are considering the academy, considering a career change or even who have some experience in the field but are nervous is a lack of confidence. And I do think there's a difference between a lack of confidence and imposter syndrome. For me, they're not the same thing. So what do you see when you talk to your clients, Libby? How do they overcome a lack of confidence? Absolutely. Well, firstly, how are they different? Well, I think imposter syndrome is doubting yourself and worrying. It has nothing to do with your skills. It's just something that's kind of there, like a nagging little itch, right? Kind of preventing you from taking next steps. Lack of confidence could be rooted in something more foundational, right? It could be a more seismic shift that you'd need to make rather than a little step if you're lacking confidence, you may need to take bigger steps. Maybe your lack, and what I see in the academy, and you can tell me what you see on your side, people have a lack of confidence because they don't know about interior design. Like you do need some schooling. Like you're not going to get confidence just from watching HGTV. You need some tools in your toolbox. Sure. And then maybe you need to take some clients, right? And then you don't need to have all the confidence, but it should give you enough to get to the next step. So for me, it's a more foundational tool rather than something that's just like a monkey on your back, no matter where you are. But okay. you tell me what you see with confidence. Yeah. Well, confidence is, it's so important and it, it builds and grows with more momentum. And I think that, uh, when you are able to be aware, more self-aware, even on a smaller level, and just take the smallest amount of action, you're moving in the right direction uh, when it comes to confidence. And so, yes, it's a combination of misinformation, like not knowing what tools. I absolutely agree with that. And then it's also a, a matter of experience. So that, I think, is underplayed. I think that we overplay the tools piece a little bit more and assume that if somebody has the tool, they'll know what to do. For example, you can Google SEO. I don't know who would want to. It's very technical, but you can Google that and pretty much figure it out. 
but the accountability, the community and the experience to be able to, let's just use that example, you know, really, let's say rework your website and like add in some keywords and be able to really take SEO to the next level. If you're going to do that on your own independently is going to require that you, it's not just the tool. It's going to require that you have the accountability and the experience. And so the motivator, what's going to get you to want to move forward is really powerful. And that's what I see my clients struggle with the most is having the accountability and taking action and doing so in a community of like-minded entrepreneurs who are in, in a similar headspace, right? Who are with, we all are, they're at different levels, varying levels of beginner, but they're all taking those first foundational steps in business. So it's like putting it all together. Yes, the tools can make things easier and they can build your confidence, but having the accountability to just fail forward um, and then know and wake up and know that it's okay and you got to keep going. I think that that's what's really key, at least with my clients and in, in, and in my program. Tools are over. I think tools are a little overrated. I think tools and information are overrated because people aren't going to use them if they're not motivated. I think accountability is so key. When I wanted to contradict what you just said, Libby, I wanted to say, Libby, I love tools. I, I love tools. I have a tool for everything and I run my business with tools. Oh, there's a tool for that. There's a formula for that. But I think you're so right. Tools are everywhere these days. You go on YouTube, you can learn how to do almost everything, including like rocket science. There's a ton of tools, but that doesn't mean you're going to be good. Even if you watch it 10 times, you have to actually hold the rocket engine in your hands. You have to have the bottle of rocket fuel. Can you tell I'm not a rocket scientist? So I think that's so key is applying the tools and you don't have to apply the tools in real world applications. You don't have to actually send the rocket off the launch pad, but you do need to have a garage filled with these things that you can touch experience and do. So I think, you know, thinking of it as a dietitian or thinking of it as an interior designer, once you have the education, start applying it to practice projects, start applying it to sample case studies, right? What if I did have a client who had paralysis? How would the diet need to change? So putting through real world scenarios and applying your tools and seeing how it comes out, because it can be hard to get a lot of clients off the jump. You know, it can be hard to get that experience, whether you're a dietitian, whether you're in a different form of practice or an interior designer, people may not want to hire you unless you have a large roster. So you need some level of confidence as you're getting your roster, you know, and growing that. Um, what do you think about that, Libby? What do you yeah, think? I, about I, I'm with you on that. I'm, I'm a fan of also um, just-in-time learning. So you're, you're learning and growing as you are getting clients and you're, you're building your skills, uh, not you're building your skills in a way that can help you grow and be, become more profitable, uh, without bottlenecking yourself. So I think a lot of us, uh, entrepreneurs like everything to be perfect and we, we don't want to get started until we think things are the way they should be, which is a control issue. And we think we have to learn all the things before we can take a client or we have to do 15 more things before we can take on more work. And I, I disagree with that. Just like you had said, I think the best experience is to hold something in your hand physically, right? And so to speak, is to just get out there and do it and build build those skills with practice. So very practical. Um, I also just, I truly believe internal motivation dominates tools and like really thinking through why you're doing what you're doing, 
What's your impetus for moving forward? Like really getting in touch with your purpose. And I know that can feel heavy and we can start really basic. If you have kids and you want to be able to travel with your kids, that can be a foundation for a lot of my clients or allied healthcare providers. We genuinely, we're heart centered. We love helping people. I still genuinely value helping people and whether it's in entrepreneurship or in my you know, past life as a dietitian who was helping them with health and nutrition. And so that's where I started. I didn't have everything crystallized until I thought about it and used my you know, reflection techniques to be able to codify my vision and make it more clear. Um, but that's what drives me forward. And I, that's what drives my clients forward is I teach them to think through what is it really that's getting that wants them to be their own boss. Why is it that they're doing this? And whether they're part time, because a lot of my clients do this on the side, right? Or whether they're full time. Some of my clients, you know, they go big, right? They make six six figures. They make hundred five hundred thousand dollars a year. I, one of my clients wants to be a millionaire, right? So no matter how large in scope you want your your business to be, the one common theme I see is my clients who are the most successful as they determine that to look and feel are the ones who are in touch with their motivation and why they're doing what they're doing. And then coupling their motivation and their purpose with accountability makes following tools less daunting. And it makes just following a process, nothing can stop you. You're truly unstoppable when you can define your business and when you can get really clear with why you're motivated to do what you're doing on a day-to-day. And I think there's nothing more powerful than that. There's nothing more aligned than knowing what your motivations are and really um, living that life uh, where you're true to yourself. Well, and I think, you know, you're kind of referencing using a why as a way to get started, as a way to overcome that initial hump. But I will tell you, as an entrepreneur who's been in business for 15 years, I cling to my why on those hard days, on those days when nothing seems to be going right, where the sofa is, you know, now back ordered eight weeks instead of one, where the clients are calling you, where's my patio table? It was supposed to be here. We're having a lot of shipping issues with the Suez Canal. Can you tell? Can you tell? Uh, When you have those dark days, going back to that why fuels me. And, you know, you hear a lot about burnout in entrepreneurship. You hear, what is that figure? 80% of businesses um, by entrepreneurs close within what? What? You seem to know the statistics. I think it's it's the second year mark is is uh, I believe the higher stat, but I'd have to reference that. But I know what you're talking about. I just don't remember it off the top. I knew of Libby would know. She's she's really plugged in. Uh, but anyway, you know, I think the reason that I have been so successful is my why is so deep. It is a deep, deep river that gets me up every day, and I'm in touch with it every day. It is to make lives better. I believe that you change your throw pillow, you can change your life. And I know that sounds silly, but I've seen it happen, and it's happened in my own life. And if I didn't feel that way, I'd be in a different industry. Because yes, I like rugs, but I like rugs that make your life better. And I like to hear my clients tell me, Betsy, that rug has saved the day. We love to cuddle. We like to snuggle on the rug and play board games and the dog can shed on the rug and it cleans right up. So we're all like playing and having fun. This is not just a moment in time. This is your life. So if you can find a why that inspires you, that gives you goosebumps, it will fuel you. And even through those lonely entrepreneurial times when maybe you can't quite find that community that Libby has talked about, you can rely on yourself until you can find them due to having that intrinsic motivation. That's 
maybe a little bit deeper than yourself. Maybe it does extend to your children. Maybe it does extend to world impact. Like I'm here to make some world impact. I'm here to make your life better, whether you have $15,000 or $5, like let's do this. Um, So yeah, dig in, find your reason for wanting to pursue this new path and, you know, maybe make a little sign, maybe figure out some kind of totem or small symbol. We learned in Goldman Sachs that if we have some kind of figurine or image that can remind us of why we're in business, that's a very powerful thing to have. Maybe it's as small as a little anvil that sits on your desk. One of the people in our group had a little anvil. I can't remember what your totem was, Libby, but my, my Libby, huh? My core values. Core values. Yes. Yeah, see, if you have a list of something like that, or if it's more abstract, I have a painting that I saw in the Met and it's a print of a painting. I know people don't send me an email. I know it's a print, um, but it uh, reminds me what I'm doing. It's called Full Brush by Philip Gustin, if you want to look it up, but it has deep, deep meaning to me. And if you're a bonus member, you've heard me share that story. But Libby, you have been really inspiring today. And I want to tell you guys, Libby is such a smart dietitian boss, practice boss, but also just talking with her, listening to her content. I have learned so much about being a better entrepreneur, how to market more effectively, how to use social media to just really make a clear message that resonates with people. So where can we find you, Libby, if we want to be inspired Once this class is over, I need to be able to stalk you still. And my people listening want to be able to get your awesome tips. Where can we find you? Absolutely. You can find me at LibbyRothschild.com. My podcast is Dietitian Boss on Instagram at Libby Rothschild and on YouTube, Libby Rothschild. And then email is Libby at LibbyRothschild.com. Well, I love it. It's been so great connecting with you today and for the past three and a half months with Goldman Sachs. And uh, I hope we stay in touch for many more years to come. Pleasure is mine, Betsy. Thank you for having me on. And I enjoyed having you on mine as well. Wonderful. Well, until next time, everybody, go find your why. Like, sure, you could have a weekend. You could go sit by the pool or you could go find your why. It's out there. Go find it. Bye, everyone. You've asked for it and we have answered the call. For years, you've been saying, Betsy, you're talking about all these great design concepts, but we can't visualize them. You're describing the picture that the listener sent in of their problem, and we wish we could see that picture too. After all, a picture is worth a thousand words, and I do my best to describe them, but there's nothing like seeing it for yourself. And that's why Affordable Interior Design, the podcast, now has a YouTube channel. Not only do we have a YouTube channel where you could see recordings and clips of these podcast episodes, we also have an Instagram, a Facebook, and so many other exciting things. You should check it out. Head over to affordableinteriordesign.com slash links. Once again, affordableinteriordesign.com slash L-I-N-K-S links. And when you go there, you will see links to our YouTube page, our Instagram page, our Facebook page, and more. Please check it out, follow and subscribe so you can see everything I'm talking about.
A big thank you to our amazing producer, Catherine Heller, to Aton and the MCR House Band, and to Affordable Interior Design, the sponsor of this podcast and the premier place to get an amazing look on a budget. Check out affordableinteriordesign.com. If you guys love the show, the very best way to support us is by spreading the word. Tell your friends or write us an awesome review on iTunes. So until next week, guys, thanks so much for joining us, and I'll talk to you soon. Bye.